Hey, I tell you, hey, gifts and talents, my gosh, sheesh. When people listen to that and they say there's no God, ah, they're mental. Need psychiatric help. We'll uh, we'll catch them there by Grundakis. It's fine. Are you guys well this morning? Are we good? All's good in the hood. If God is good, then we're good. Amen. Amen. So uh, I'm going to need your help this morning. This is one of those participation services. <laughs> Don't get nervous, guys. Don't get nervous. So look at the person next to you. Say, hey, are you awake? If not, please wake up. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, just quick clap, quick clap. All right, so I need some responses from you this morning. You got three responses. I was actually thinking the other day, did you remember when we started, I used to do this. Grant, yeah, Grant is like, let's go. What, what was it? The first one was, amen. Everyone say, amen. The second one was, yeah, the second one was, come on. Yeah, yeah, like that. I like that. One more time. Come on. What is the third one? Okay, it's a new one. Okay, the, yeah, okay. The third one is let's go, okay? So today, you can choose any one of those responses. Use them as you please. So whenever you feel like, wow, okay, that was, let's go, you know? That's fine. Are you guys cool with that? Are, are you with me? Okay, I'll, I'll, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Karin. There we go. Let's try one more. Okay, you can add in whatever you want. Uh, amen. Okay, Karin's sticking with amen. Hello? Okay, you're going to do hello? Okay, that's fine. Thanks, Linda. Okay, yeah, hello is cool. Hello is cool. Um, yeah, so uh, we've been doing uh, Grace, the License to Kill. Yeah, I remember when Didi, when Didi had that, what, was, it a, was it the Friday night, eh? Yeah, it was the movie night or something. And he's like, the Holy Spirit just given me the new title of the message. I'm like, okay, cool. It's like, Grace, the License to Kill. And I was like, oh, jeez. You know, this church, we're always uh, saying lines that uh, <laughs> people are like, oh my gosh, grace is a license to kill. Well, it's better than grace is a license to sin. You know what I'm saying? Um, how have you guys been enjoying? I think what are we on, this, today's part four, right? Yes, it's part four, right? Have you guys been enjoying it? Has it been eye-opening? Uh, any feedback? Anyone want to talk about what stood out the most to them? Anyone? Press hot topic spot. Come on. Let's go. Amen. Hey, Mel, thank you. You want to use the mic? Hold on. I can hear you otherwise. It's all right. <laughs> um, I like what Tassel said about comparing the, the citizens of Canaan to the actual physical things of the flesh that you have to overcome. I think that's really awesome because it actually pulls out something from the Old Testament like a lot of what happens in the Old Testament was physical, but now for us, it's a spiritual thing to learn from. So I found that beautiful. Oops. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Anyone else? Going once. Ash, yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, come, come, come. Hartklop, Hartklop. Run, Ash. A really great thing was the point that Tasso made about resistance. And that it's not a matter of fighting, but rather prioritizing the opposite direction. So resisting sin is just to turn and face God, rather than to make it into an enemy. Yeah, geez, come on. Yeah, that's good. That's a huge one, you know. It's because you, you, you can only focus on one thing. You can't resist and go to God. If you're going to God, you are resisting. You know, that was, that was beautiful. Okay, I'll take one more. Come on, you guys are so generous today. That was two from the middle. Come on, now I like it. One from this side, maybe? Let's go. One from this side, maybe? Anyone? Eh? No comment. Yo, you sound like an Arsenal supporter. Ish. <laughs> okay, all right, let's get to it. You know, uh, last week, um, Tasso was talking about, you know, Saul. Man, I tell you, when he was going through that story, I'm like, yes, this man was a chamorz. Yo, he was. Oh, man, and it's so funny, you know. I, I sometimes think back, I'm like, yes, you know, for all eternity... This bra's life story is written in the pages, hey? Yeah, that's rough. That's rough. For all eternity, like, Saul, you remember what you did there, bro? It's a heavy story, hey? But um, while Tasso was preaching last week on Saul, you know, and he was talking about how uh, um, God came to Samuel and said, listen, go and tell this bra, he messed up. I am not happy with him. He didn't do what I told him to do. So then Samuel goes there. And Saul's like, hey, Samuel, so good to see you. Look, I did everything God said I must do. He's like, you're a damn liar, bro. All right. And Saul's like, what are you talking about? You know, and he went through that whole 
uh, you know, that ego thing. He's like, but I did this for God and I got all this gold and I built a statue for God. Meanwhile, it's of me, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, and you know, while I was listening to him, geez, I just thought about Abraham. You know, now Abraham is called the father of the faith. You know, because through him, the promise was delivered, you know. And when you go back in Genesis, what is it, 14, uh, let's read from Genesis 14, 17, though. You know, now, now uh, Abraham's nephew gets kidnapped. So Abraham, he, he gets his men together, 318, 418, whatever the number is. And they go and they defeat, they defeat this king, right? And, and this happens here, and it says, And the king of Sodom went out to meet uh, uh, him at the valley of Shaveh. Now, this was after he had defeated him, right? And after he's returned from the defeat of Kidaloma and the kings who were with him, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of God Most High. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. Abram, possessor of heaven and earth, and God, obviously. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand, and he gave him a tithe of all. Okay? And check this out. Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, You just won a battle, right? Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. Now, God didn't give Abraham any instruction about what to do with what you get. And, you know, don't kill these people. And he didn't say kill all the animals. He didn't do anything like that, like how he did with Saul. But look at what Abraham did here of his own. But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread of a sandal strap and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. Come on. Now you look at it, right? You look at the two now, okay? Saul, God gave him clear instructions. Please go in and do this. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to see how I'm going to get my peace while I'm doing all of this. God, I'll do what you say, but I'm just going to see how I can, you know, take my cut. You know, if anything, all the, the tenderpreneurs in our government learn from Saul, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> but here's Abraham, who is the father of the faith, right? Now, he, he is the type of a man who walks by the Spirit, right? Which means that he walks with God not to serve his flesh. He walks with God not to serve lack in his heart because he's relying on God to fulfill him, to make him whole. Are you with me? Therefore, from being in that position, what he does is he says, you know what, God, you are the only good for me. So whatever you say I'm going to do, I'm going to do it because I know there's nothing out here that's good for me. And look at his reaction. He, the, the king comes to him. He says, Abraham, listen, take everything. Listen, just give me my people, you know. Abraham's like, but I don't want a single thing from you because I know you. You're a chop. You're going to go back to your people and say, yeah, you know all the riches Abraham got, I gave it to him. Abraham's like, no, you will not. It is God who made me rich. Are you with me? Now, can you see someone who walks by the Spirit versus someone who's walking by the flesh? Forget how they're living for a second, but look at the testimony of the character of God in both their lives. Think about it. Think about Saul. He conquered all those nations and he builds a statue to himself. The people who live to tell that story, who are they telling the story about? You think they're telling the story about God? Saul didn't build a statue about God. Are you with me? He built a statue about himself. But here's Abraham saying, listen, but you keep your stuff. This is all about my God and me. Amen. So that, I just thought that was like so beautiful. I want to share with that with you guys this morning because when we're talking about this principle of killing the ego, right? Have you guys felt a bit uncomfortable the last couple of weeks? No? You good? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that, Mel. It's like, whatever. This is what I got to do. I'll do it. Let's go, right? But it is, and it, well, it can be um, a tad bit uncomfortable when we're talking about this process that needs to take place. It's because we literally, as adults, right, we have to go back to being babies. Are you with me? We have to go back to changing foundational things in our lives. Are you with me? So, you guys, I need you guys to get your, uh, your notebooks ready because we are going to go through quite a bit of scripture this morning because I thought, you know what, what's the best way to emphasize this stuff? And I'm like, you know what, there's some dudes who wrote some good things in here that will emphasize my point for me this morning. So uh, we'll start with Ephesians 4, 17. Skriftet near, donkey. 
Ephesians 4.17. Now, hey, there's the picture of Pastor Didi. Nice. I like it. <laughs> and um, we've, been te- we, we've been teaching you guys this principle of putting off the old and putting on the new. Okay? Now, the thing is, we, we've seen over the couple of weeks how deep this principle of ego goes. Okay? And we understand that there is a lot of work that needs to be done, and it takes a lot of discipline. Are you with me? But here Paul's talking, and he says, listen, I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles, uh, walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Okay. Look at the person next to you. Say, hey, if you're a believer, you need your brain. Okay. Thank you. Next. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Now wait, before we go next. A lot of times we read that and we think, oh, jeez, that's not me. Whoa, jeez. Excuse me, that's all of us. That's who we were before Jesus. Are you with me? We had no understanding. We were completely ignorant about all things pertaining to life and pertaining to godliness. And every day that we lived, we lived just to serve ourselves. Amen. Amen. Right. Let's, yeah, let's go. I like it. Thanks, Renus. Let's go. <laughs> Next. But you have not so learned Christ. But you have not so learned Christ. Okay, I think the interview is better on that one. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. All right, next. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. So here's the thing, believer, uh, believer, beloved child of God, right, is that you are a new creation. Say that. Say, I am a new creation. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that, all right? 1 John 4 tells us that as Jesus is, so are we. Amen? So say that. Say, as Jesus is, so am I. Okay. Now, what took place... We understand, you know, we, we, like we've taught, the spirit, soul, and body, okay? We understand that we have been regenerating in our spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit is now one spirit with us, and we are exactly like Jesus is in spirit, okay? But what does that mean for us now when we look at this principle that Paul is talking about here? Because you see, before that moment took place, every single one of us was living as the Gentiles he mentioned in the beginning of it. Are you with me? What is a Gentile? Any person who's not a Jew. Are you guys with me, right? So we were all living like that. We had no other clue apart from serving ourselves. Amen. Now this new thing has happened, okay, and the link that gets missed so often is that we forget that we need to learn a new way of doing things. Hello? Amen? Amen? We need to learn a new way of doing things. Because you see, the new creation that we've become, right, cannot coincide with the old ignorant, deceived people that we were. Are you with me, right? And fundamentally, you're with me, yes. And fundamentally, the reason is because the new creation is one who is sustained by God, not like the old man who sustains himself. Are you with me? Right, so we understand this principle of spirit and flesh, okay? Galatians 6, what does it say? Anyone who sows to the flesh, he reaps, A-N-C, sorry, corruption, okay? He reaps corruption, okay? Yo, we must edit that out. This is now we get blocked on our channel here. <laughs> hey, Cyril, I hope you're watching this thing, bro. We're coming for you, chief. We're watching you. Anyway. Um, Jesse, what does it say? Yeah. Anyone who sows into the flesh reaps corruption. But he who sows into the spirit reaps everlasting life. Amen. 
Now, here's the thing. As a believer, what has been the most common belief, right? As a believer, the most common belief is that, oh, man, I'm safe. This is amazing. All the good things are just going to happen now. Yeah, let's go. God's got a wonderful plan and purpose for my life. You know, the guys come on there and they, they post this stuff. They say, oh, having a bad Monday. Don't worry, Jeremiah 29.11. You know, you're standing in the line at home affairs. Philippians 4.13, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You're like, yes, you bro. I feel like you, you're like misusing the scripture badly. <laughs> like, are you with me? And, and, and the thing is this, is that when we look at this old person that we were, okay, do you know that we have this inherent tolerance to it, right? Inherent tolerance. What do I mean by that? I mean, it's all we've ever known. So to us, it's normal, right? But when we read the words of Jesus, you know, he makes statements. Jesus, we touched on this on discipleship, I think, you know, where Jesus says that you must hate your life, Right? You guys know that verse, right? You must hate your life. What is he talking about? He's talking about that, listen, you cannot experience what I have to give you until you understand that everything that you've had up until now is worthless. That everything that you've had up until now is worthless, is useless, is corrupt, is bad. Are you guys with me? Because you see, what we've tend, what, the, the, the step that we forget is that all of these things that we have this inherent tolerance to and that we've just been putting up with as we're going through life, it's like, yeah, okay, and this is like this and that's like that and, you know, all that sort of stuff. We don't meet it with the potential that is possible with the Spirit of God alive inside of us. Are you with me? And this principle of ego that we're talking about is the one that wants to stay with all the old, corrupt, dead, bad, gross identity uh, elements that we've kept through life. Are you with me? So as a believer, right, what should be our posture? What is our expectation as a believer? Has anyone thought about that? If you're saying, I'm a child of God, what does that mean to you? Saved and set free? Are you good? No. Okay. <laughs> I like that. So he says, yeah, what's your expectation? What does that mean to you? I'm flipping cool. Yeah, I'm a child of God, you know? You are. <laughs> you are. <laughs> but here's the thing is that if we now say, listen, we are children of God, what the Bible tells us to do is that we are to change everything that we've known in line with the new foundation, right? And with that process, what we actually learn about ourselves is how much we love what is bad for us. How much we love punishing ourselves, how much we love putting ourselves under pressure, how much we love being in lack. Do you know why? Because it's all we've known. From the, from the moment you were born, and, you, and if you weren't raised in, in the truth of the gospel of Jesus and, and living by the Spirit, it's all that you would have known through life. You know? Now, the principle is, it's not that everything in life was evil. We met good people. We had good experiences. It's, it's all fantastic, right? But the inherent principle in the Bible is that there is no good that compares to God. Are you with me? And as a believer in every single area of our lives, every day we need to purpose to experience God's standard. So you have good relationships? Beautiful. But let's put God's standard on our relationships. Are you with me? We can become more selfless with each other. Are you guys with me? You good at work? Let's put God's standard on work. We can increase our excellence. Amen? You know, Jim Richards, he says something so, uh, so hard to swallow, if that's the correct word, you know? And he says, he's like, it frustrates him so much that the, 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 the most powerful nation on earth, which is supposed to be the church, the children of God, are actually the most useless. Because, it's true, and that's a tough one, eh? It's a tough one. 
<laughs> it's a tough one. And, and the reason why he says this is because when people come to God, right, they want to come to God and keep to what they know. They want to come to God and try and be a child of God in light of all the corruption that they formed around themselves. And they start using principles of God, giving and praying and praise and worship and Bible teaching and all these things to hold on to the corruption. Are you with me? And what actually they start end up looking like lunatics. They start ending up looking like people who are fanatics who cannot be of use to anyone. Pastor, I need help. Okay, come pray for 12 hours. What? Hold on. Are you with me? Think about it. Why do you think so many churches today, they do all their things in secret? Jesus walked in the streets, performed miracles, and preached the kingdom. Why? Because it was practical and it was true to everyone who heard it. Churches these days will say, hey, come to us and then you must follow our philosophy and then we do things like this and then we call the pastor papa and we call his wife mama and we do all this nonsense you know, and it's like, it's like, but do it here. Don't go do it out there in the world. It doesn't work. You have to do it in our crazy, you know, cultish sort of setting. That's not biblical. We have to do it the way Jesus did it. Are you with me? And people lose confidence in God because what's happening now is that the corruption they've built around their life has been given the label of God. Sis. That's actually another one. You guys can use that one as well. That's a good one. <laughs> Are you guys with me? Right? Now, here's the thing. Where does the onus rest? Because Jesus in Matthew 6, right? And he's, I was going <laughs> to bring this in, in the stewardship, but you did the stewardship this morning, so that's cool. Uh, is it 24? Go to Matthew 6, 24. Aha! Bash, why are you talking about money? We're talking about ego. I'm not talking about money. I'm going to show you now. So no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And we loosely translate it, riches, money, treasure, you know, all this sort of stuff. But when you read it in the Aramaic, Jesus is talking about confidence. Confidence. Mammon. So he's talking about confidence, but it's the confidence that is linked to amassing riches. Which is self. So right here he's saying, you cannot serve God and yourself. Because you're going to be at peace with one, in love with one, and in enmity with another. Is it James? James tells us, listen, if you are in the world, you hate God. If you love the world, you hate God. It's the same principle here, because the world fuels flesh yeah amen so what he's addressing over here he's saying listen guys understand one thing you got to choose now this is why people have have limited the flesh to action okay flesh is not action guys if the flesh was action then eating fruit would be a problem because it was eating fruit that killed humanity cease Rinus is like, don't eat fruit, eat curry. <laughs> are you guys with me? The flesh is not about your action. You see, the actions that are causing corruption in your life are the works of the flesh. It is the symptoms that you are in the flesh. In the flesh means that you are now making the decision. Your motive is that in this, I'm going to serve myself. In this, I'm going to say what I need to say so I can get out of it. In this, I'm going to do what I can do so I can get out of it. And as long as I keep getting, I'm going to be okay. And when he's talking about your God and mammon, he's talking about God and self. Do you want to have confidence in what you can amass? Do you want to have confidence in what you can build? Or do you want to have confidence in the everlasting God? Are you with me? Because one, one will be consistent and forever. Do you want to hint which one it is? Or oh, you, you get? Okay, good. I'm glad. Okay, you guys get which one it is. Right? Amen. Are you following me so far? So from the beginning, man, God's struggle with man has always been man's choice between who his source is. God's struggle with man is that man says, just hold on. 
just going to do this thing quickly. And, you know, Tasso made a statement last week, and he said, <laughs> you know, from what Saul did in that, that, that story there, you know, um, all of the enemies that Israel have today is from that decision. Okay, he can vet that. I trust that Tasso went and did 55,000 hours of research to tie every person back to the nation that's there, okay? But you think about the consequence of that decision and what it led to today, right? And people will be like, yes, Sebash, but you know, Israel is God's chosen people. Why are they struggling like this? Why are they always under pressure? Hmm, just imagine. Just imagine. Is it God teaching them a lesson? No. What are they choosing? They're choosing to serve self over God. Amen. Are you guys with me so far? And church, this is a principle that exists for every single one of us every single day. Right? You see, as a believer, as a disciple, right, you are called to be disciplined in what the word of God teaches. Are you with me? Right? You know, last week, I was having a, a chat with Uncle Mark, and, and, you know, he's done time in, it's not prison, he's done time, he's done time in the military, you know. I, I was glad I was born in a time where military wasn't uh, compulsory, because, like, apparently back then, you finish school, you got stars in your eyes, go do push-ups, you know, it was, it was rough, you know. And I know, I've, I've heard, like, a lot of army stories, you know, over the years and stuff, but it's like, just the detail he was bringing it across on the effect on your psyche emotionally, you know, just that, that intricate details of what it does to you. So I'll, I'll give you guys some insight. Those of you who, who have this experience or have heard it can, you know, uh, add on if you want. So he was explaining that, you know what, they, they come there with the bus, they pick you up, you rock up there at, at base camp, and the first thing is they line you up and then they just start swearing you. <laughs> you enjoyed that, Dad. That was a good one. <laughs> eh? Sounds like Rosetta. Or springs. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. Calm down, okay? Um, so, and, and the reason they do that is that from the time that you arrive there, okay, and, and it, was, it was quite, what, it was like two, three, I think four hours ago. I don't know how long it was. I'm going to give you a summarized version, right? The objective when you get there is everything that you hold valuable, everything that you've built confidence in, everything that you've built safety in, day and night, they are tormenting you to break that thing down. Oh, you miss your mother. You, you, we Christians, we're not going to use words, okay? Yeah, yeah, we won't say it. We won't say it, okay? And, you know, they would, they would just be at this constant, constant level of abuse and intolerance to any identity that you have left, right? And they go week one, week two, week three, week four, and you reach a point where you don't have anything left except a survival t instinct, that's all you have left. From morning to night, you are going through this rigorous physical torture. You're going through the most ridiculous disciplines. You've been antagonized from morning to night, verbally, physically, emotionally. It is mental, brutal, right? I am talking as one who has heard of one who was in it. I will never be one who is in it. If any of you wish that I, I, I was, may the Lord help you because you shouldn't wish that for people. But anyway, <laughs> And, you know, he was going through this thing, and as he's explaining to me, yes, see, man, I just started connecting the dots that, you know what, the military figured it out. The military took Ephesians 4, and they're like, flip, let's use this to our advantage. <laughs> let's use it to our advantage. But the difference is, is that their motive was pure, or, or their mechanism of doing it was pure fear. Why do I say that? Because if you didn't comply and you didn't make it, you go to jail. Cease. Well, is it dis dishonorable discharge? Yeah, yeah. No? Or? Yeah, the detention barracks, you know. If you, if you didn't make it or you ran away, right, they come fetch you. They arrest you. Military police arrest you. Send you to jail. They send a letter to your mom, okay? Say, listen, your butch is here. If you want to see him, go there. He's there for the next four years, right? Say again? AWOL. Yeah, if you go AWOL. That's what they do, Right? And this was a base camp training, three months? Yeah. Three-month base camp training that you go through all the funny thing. I was like, Uncle Mark, how ripped did you get? You know? He's like, I put on 20 kgs, but I'm like, what? Diddy, we need that training program. 20 kgs in three months. I will take that action. I'm kidding. I won't. But anyway. <laughs> um, 
But this entire process was to break you down to make you a complete shell so that they could make you the vessel they needed because the military required service. Are you guys with me? You know? But this principle is what we get taught in the Bible. Pesh, what are you saying? Hello? This is the principle we get taught in the Bible because you see, when Paul says, take off the old and put on the new, he's talking about that same confidence. That confidence, that safety, that refuge that you've built up in anything in your life. Your money, your looks, your family, your relationships, your job, whatever it is, take that thing off, strip it out, and put on the new that is in Christ. Are you with me? So why don't Christians do that? Do you guys ever ask yourself that question? No. I mean, when we, when we don't do it individually, like for ourselves, like, do you ever ask yourself, like, why didn't I do that? Oh, man, shucks. Then to make us feel better, the pastors will say, don't worry, it's the devil. Oh, man, don't worry. Okay, all that ours that you heard is all our discipleship school students because we did seven weeks of debunking the devil <laughs> and they are sick and tired of him, okay? Yeah, it was rough. But um, they will say it's the devil or, you know, when you, when, you, when you fall short and then I'm like, don't worry, it's, it's a season in the wilderness. This is God making you tough. And you're like, man, this lesson sucks. <laughs> God's got to be a better teacher than this. Are you with me? But let me ask you something. If you had a consequence that you feared, would you comply? So for example, if, if you were told, if you don't do this, you're going to die, would you comply? I would. I don't want to die. If you were told, if you don't do this, we're going to come and lock you up. We're going to put you in a barracks. You're going to stay there for four years. Would you comply? A, lo a lot of you are saying, a lot of you are saying, yeah, they must come try. I'm like, listen, dude, if military guys rock up at your door, you're not going to win. A okay, maybe South African military, but let's talk about, yeah, let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about like, like Navy SEALs or something, you know. <laughs> let's talk about Navy SEALs, right? If there was such a dangerous consequence to you not complying, what would you do? Complain, I like that. <laughs> oh, comply. Okay, yeah, comply. I like the complaining too, because that's cool. <laughs> but here's the, here's the funny part. Here's the funny part. He was even telling me, he's like, you dare complain, it doubles. Complain again, it triples. So not even the complaining helps. Are you with me? So what is your only choice? Your only choice is to comply. Bash, where the heck are you going with? I thought Jesus was supposed to make us feel good, man. What are you doing? So I'm going to explain to you the reason why you're not getting the good feeling that Jesus wants to give you. Okay? You see, the principle is this, ladies and gents, is that over the years, right, we have not made the decision as believers to fear the consequence of the corruption of the flesh. Over the years, as believers, we have not made the decision to fear the consequence of the corruption of the flesh. Ah, man, just put an extra couple thousand. Who's going to know? Ah, you're upset. Ah, we'll sort it out later. I'll just explain to you. I'll apologize. Whatever. We'll be fine. No, just take this now. Ah, yeah, they got to, I know it's going to cause this, but you know, I can take that and that'll fix the problem. It's fine. We have become so is apathetic, right? Apathetic, apathetic. We have so much apathy towards the corruption of the flesh that we have no fear of it. Completely complacent. And you know, someone, the Bible, biblically speaking, someone who does not fear detriment or consequence is a fool. You're a fool. You know that way is bad. Yet you have no fear of it. You have no problem continuing in it. And I'll just make a plan on the other side. Come on. I gave you some responses. Don't go quiet now. Let's go. Thank you. Because you see, the principle of this grace being a license to sin, ladies and gentlemen, is that this is all up to you. I'm sorry. I wish it was up to someone better. 
That's what we all believe in our heart, right? If only someone else could do it for me. But you're letting the fortress of all that corruption dictate that to you. You have not taken the discipline every single day of your life to say, you know what, I am a child of God exactly as Jesus is, empowered by the Holy Spirit, as he is, so am I. So that means that by his grace, I overcome this. That means that by his grace, I don't see myself as useless. I am completely competent. Hello. Amen. Thank you. Are you guys with me? There is an absolute complacency towards the corruption of the flesh. Let's go through a few scriptures where these guys em- emphasize this. Romans 6, verse 15. Romans 6, 15. Is that the time? <sighs> okay, two people voted for keep going. We're going. <laughs> Our time is relative. My man, let's go. Uh, Dill, we're going to go up to 23, Okay. Now, here's the thing. Do yourself a favor. Go into the book of Romans, right? Use your concordance. For those of you who are on Android, uh, the, the app is called MySword Bible app, all right? I think now you have to download it from a website. It's called MySword My Sword Bible app. For those of you on iOS, it is blue letter Kairos. What's it called? Kairos, Holy Bible, you can search that one. If you're on the computer, use eSword or any online concordance, right? Go into Romans from chapter 1 up until chapter 16, whatever. How many chapters in Romans, right? Every time the word sin is mentioned, I want you to go into the concordance, and I want you to write there whether it is noun or verb, okay? Because noun always talks about your position in Adam, it talks about your condemnation, your guilt. It talks about your disqualification. Every time the word verb is, uh, the sin, the verb is mentioned, it's talking about your motive of serving yourself. Okay? Read it like that. Here we go. So what then shall we say? Shall we sin? Verb. Shall we continue to serve ourselves? Right? Because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. I say, old chap, certainly not. All right? Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are, the ones slave, uh, you are the ones slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of dis- or obedience re- leading to righteousness? Next. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, noun, right, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin... Noun, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms. Now, this is Paul telling you nicely. Face them. Yeah. Paul's telling you nicely. Look, I'm going to make it simple for you. It may seem complicated, but listen to what he says. I, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. You know, one day when I'm speaking to someone who really doesn't want to listen to me, and instead of saying, like, listen, yeah, you stupid person. I'm going to say this, listen, because of the weakness of your flesh, no, I'm kidding, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness, now remember he's talking about that old thing, and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, now we sit there like, that's not me. No, listen, every part of your life that you had a motive of serving yourself, that's you. Acknowledge it. Be accountable for it, Right? So now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is, is what? Okay. I remember I was talking earlier about a consequence that we would fear. Right? Right? If you had a, a, a sergeant behind you every day, every five seconds say, listen, maggot, you better, you better, you better. Would you like to have that? Or would you just like to take accountability that, flip, this is going to lead to my death? Whether I feel it now or in 10 years' time, this is going to lead to my death. Are you with me? But now having been set free from sin, you having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end is everlasting life. For the wages of sin is 
but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, it's got nothing to do with your salvation. It's got nothing to do with whether God's going to bless you or not. You know why? Because Jesus took care of all of that. What Jesus did not take care of is taking condemnation, guilt, self-service, and everything out of you. You see, he took you out of Adam and he placed you in him. But when you were transferred, you became new in your spirit, but everything in your mind, your will, your emotions, the beliefs in your heart stayed. And the discipline was given to every single one of us because freedom was restored to every single one of us. You see, before we weren't free to break down the corruption of the flesh. We weren't because we were slaves to it. But now Jesus says that you are free. Take authority in your own life. Take authority in your life and align yourself to who you are now. Every day. Amen? Let's go to the next one. Uh, 1 Peter 1. From verse 13. Oh, this is a good one. You know Peter, hey? Peter, Peter's a funny character. But man, when he says things sometimes, I'm like, yeah, but that's good, eh? Yes, that's good. Listen, you must be writing good things to end up in the Bible. That's all I'm saying. I don't see a book of bash there. <laughs> Although there is a bashing in the Bible, we won't talk about that one, okay? <laughs> Cecilia calling me out here. Yes, okay, it's fine. <laughs> That's a joke, I know. All right, 1 Peter, are you guys okay? We're going to finish up with these few verses here. 1 Peter 1.13. All right, now, now in my Bible, this is titled Be Holy, okay? Now, be holy, instruction is what? Make a choice to be holy. Are you guys with me? Make a choice to be holy. So yeah, therefore, gird up the lions, no, loins, sorry. Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober. It's Sunday morning, let's be sober, okay? And rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to what? The what? The former lust. What's he talking about? Now you just think it's like, oh, I stopped drinking. Yeah, that's cool. That was a former lust. No. Anything that was linked to your previous identity that was purely fueled by serving yourself. That's all your former lust. Using people, stealing money, saying things that are untrue, whatever it is, right? As in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Now some people say, yes, pastor, I'm trying, but it's so hard to be holy. It's hard to be holy because you haven't changed your motive. Holiness is not about your action. Your motive conducts your action. So if you are struggling to be holy, right, you're missing the point. It's because you are still acting to serve yourself. But when you act with the heart that is whole and with the motive of serving others, you will be just as God is. As Deeds mentioned about um, um, people seeing God in you. Are you with me? Uh, all your conduct, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Okay, he's talking there. And our lives over here, sojourning. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Aimless conduct, right? but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Before we go next verse. Now remember I said that every single one of us are not walking with fear of the corruption of the flesh. Do you know that is directly correlated to the value that you place on the blood of Christ? Bash, how can you say that? Because when you place the value on the blood of Christ and what it did to set you free, when you see the life that was given to pay so your heart could be free, you realize how dead the death was. 
So if you're still, if you're still putting up with this corruption, and you listen, you're entitled to everything's permissible, right? Not always beneficial. Paul said that. You're entitled to, you're gonna, you can do what you want. But in your heart, you must know that if I'm still seeing that as attractive, I have not been disciplined enough to see the value in the blood that was shed for me. You're saying that a lot today, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> Are you guys still with me? Okay, someone at the back is with me. Everyone take a breath. Listen, this is not a hiding. I'm encouraging you. Take a breath, okay? Next one. We're going to go to, yeah, we're going to keep going to 1 Peter 2 verse 3, right? He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him uh, believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as, what? Rots. I remember we make an emphasis of what are you spending your time doing in this life? What are you building? What are you putting your energy into, right? And all glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flowers fall away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Amen? Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now, let's talk about this desiring the pure milk of the word for a second. Jeez. Are we okay for time? Can I carry on? Okay, a little bit, right? Let's talk about desiring this pure milk of the word. Okay, because at the end of it, you know, I made the statement about we don't fear that corruption. It's not dangerous for us. We know it. We can navigate around it. We can do all these things, right? Here, Peter's drawing that comparison. He says, guys, desire this milk of the word. You have to start over when you come to Jesus. You, you become a baby, a newborn, new creation, right? And he says here, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow, Whose responsibility is it to grow in God? Is it mine? Listen, if it's mine, you're in trouble. I'm letting you know. Promise you. If it's Didi's, you're in trouble. If it's Sasso, you're in trouble. Every single person, the responsibility of growing in God is our own. It's no one else's responsibility. Are you with me? And depending where we've come in life and whatever, some people... We're going to have to have more milk than others. Because you know what? Some people have been through some hectic things in life. And you know, some hearts are more closed than others. It's just how it is. But the principle is this. We keep going till it gets established in our heart. Why? Because we've been promised what it will produce. Are you with me? Amen? If indeed you have tested that the Lord is gracious. Tasted, sorry. That's why when I did it, I'm like, this is not making sense. <laughs> if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Amen. Thank you. Right? So let's go last one. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Are you guys still with me? It's like, Bash, I thought God did everything. You guys preach finished work. What are you talking about? You're giving us so much to do this morning. Listen. Like we explained, spirit, soul, and body. The finished work is in your spirit. It is the everlasting, eternal potential that you can experience in this life. But you see, your soul is your own. Your body is your own. Are you with me? As his divine power has given to us all things. Wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. What nature? Divine nature, not the flesh. 
the divine nature, right? Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. ANC, sorry. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, right? Giving all what? What? Diligence. Now, how many of you are diligent to get your salary every month? Yeah? We have to be, otherwise it doesn't come, right? It doesn't come. What's the tactic there, though? Fear, right? What is the diligence that, that Peter's calling us to here? He's calling us to a diligence motivated by love. Do you know that love can motivate a person way more than fear ever can? Do you know why? Because in motivating the person to complete that, love will never burn the person out. Someone who is motivated by fear will die in achieving that thing. But someone who is motivated by love will never ever burn out in what they're achieving. Are you with me? Right? So he's saying be diligent. How much effort do each of us put into the Word of God, studying the Word of God, being accountable for our own beliefs, the condition of our souls and how we're living our lives compared to how diligent we are to make money? Are you guys with me? Right? I'm sorry, guys. This is just the Word, okay? Add to your faith virtue, to, your, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness. Bash, it's hard, man. Why couldn't God make it easy? Listen, it's only hard because of the corruption. Your new nature is predispositioned to experience this. Predisposed. Your predisposition of your new nature is to experience the fullness of God. So when you say it's hard, it's because you're taking off the old. It hurts. It's a struggle. Keep going. Use your faith. The evidence is not what you're experiencing in your body or the pressure in your mind, your stress, your emotions. That's not the evidence. The evidence is Christ who is now seated at the right hand of God being your justification. Amen? That is your evidence. And by faith, you choose that to go through that process. I don't care how difficult it's going to get. I'm going to go through this because God has promised that I will experience this. But it's been three weeks. I don't care. I'm going to keep going because he is true. Let every man be a liar and let God be true. Amen. Next. Where are we going to? Verse 10. To godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how many of you here been in this church, right? You faced a moment where you went and fought, had a discussion with a religious person. And that person, man, you, you know the seven sons of Sceva when the demons send them back? You know? Did, did you feel like that after that discussion where you're trying to explain grace to a person, but you got no clue what's in the Bible? How did you feel? I was there once in my life. Once. And I was so ashamed and embarrassed. I said, I will never be back here. I went and I studied that word. Yes, my motive was wrong. Okay. My motive was wrong. But praise the Lord, through studying the word, it fixed my motive. So it was fine. Right? To the point now where I know religious people will never, even avoid Didi. <laughs> hey, let's not talk about the Bible with Didi. Yes, Didi tells us all about Jesus. What Bible is he reading? Hello? You know? Hello? Do we want to be people who are unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus? We claim to follow him. Yet Christians are seen as the most hypocritical people in the world. That is a load of that. Guys, I'm getting real with you this morning. And I'm telling you now, it's been, God's been pressing it on our hearts for months now because we said this at the beginning of 2020. We said, ladies and gentlemen, you guys can go back and watch that first live stream. Lord, it was so bad. I look Muslim. I had this, yes. Because you know lockdown, you can't have haircuts, you can't shave, you can't do anything, you know. Jaden. Jaden. We couldn't buy razor blades. I'm joking. Okay, anyway, okay, we couldn't have haircuts, okay? We couldn't have haircuts. So anyway, we're there, and, and, and Candy, Candace gets a memory of a video that I posted. She's like, hey, check Salim. I'm like, yes, who's Salim? <laughs> then she brings her phone to me. I'm like, this is me, dude. <laughs> but we told you guys at the beginning 
So ladies and gentlemen, these characters have stepped out from behind the curtain. They're not going back. We are on the downhill, and we are picking up speed quickly. Church, if you can't even manage your emotions, if you can't even experience this nature that we're talking about, when they come knocking at your door to take your kids away, to arrest you, to all, do all these things, are you going to stand and resist, or are you just going to be like, whoa, I'll take the mark, give it to me? What are you going to do? If FNB phone you and say, listen, we're freezing all your money because you're unvaccinated, what are you going to do? You're going to get jabbed? Okay. <laughs> Love the fire. Yeah, fire. This sounds harsh. It does sound harsh, but it is the reality of the times we are living in. And as a believer, if you are in the position where through the word of God and the guidance and empowerment of the Holy Spirit, you are not even commanding your own faculties, which you can control, how will you then command yourself in a situation you cannot control? Guys, please take this this morning. You want to talk about grace, license to kill, stand up every morning and kill that corruption. Look unto Christ. Stop tolerating the death. Stop tolerating the time wasting. Stop tolerating the loose living and, and the, the, the crazy emotions and the wrong motives. What do you think you are achieving? You are deceiving yourselves. You can hear this message this morning, but if you do not go and do it, you are deceived. And you'll go out there and you'll talk about Jesus and be a person who is completely unfruitful in knowing him. Because I tell you one thing, people, oh, yeah, I, know, I live by grace, bro. You know, it's all about grace. Our rest. Oh, really? Okay, but you're compromising so much in your life to achieve what you're looking for, yet you say it's by grace. That is the grace that James warned about. He said, beware of these manipulators who change the grace of God to facilitate their lewdness. Do not be those people. I'm warning you guys. Don't be those people. Because people are going to make a judgment about Jesus based on you. Right? What verse are we going to here? 10. Okay, here we go. For he who lacks these things is even to you just it's not that you just can't see clearly, you can't see at all. Alright? And has forgotten what? That he was cleansed from his old sins. He didn't say that he has forgotten that God is wrathful. You must fear God, he's gonna punish you. No, what he's saying is that you've forgotten your new nature. Because you see, what that, that is done. It is done. Jesus can't undo. There's no control Z Jesus has on his keyboard. Okay? It is done. No undo button there. Okay? He says, you've forgotten that you've been cleansed. You've forgotten that you died to the corruption of the flesh. Therefore, brethren, even, uh, be even more diligent to make your call and election Sure. He didn't say to be called or elected. He said make it sure in your own heart because every single one of you have been called. Romans tells us that. For if you do these things, you will what? Oh, pastor, I stumbled this week. Well, you forgot that your past sins were forgiven. Big headlines. Mega church pastor caught in a fair. Oh, no, he stumbled. He's human. No. He wasn't diligent in remembering that he was cleansed from his old sins. I'm going to close with this. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Did you guys get something this morning? <laughs> Come on, I like it, Mel. I like it. Let's go. Now, if the, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? But what is the liberty for? Hmm, 18? But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I want everyone this morning to ask yourself a question. What is the evidence that you need to turn away from the corruption of the flesh? 
See, because every single one of us, we've been trained to believe that we're getting something from it. So what is the price that we believe in our hearts will turn us from that? Because I want to tell you something now. There's nothing more than God can give you. If you think there is anything more, if you think there's anything more convincing than the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you're in big trouble. Because God's got nothing left. He gave his best. He gave his best. And you see, by faith, by faith and trust in who he is, if we would just make the decision, no matter how much it irks us, it shakes us, no matter how much we struggle with it, if we would commit and just believe and say, God, you know what? You're true. I'm, I'm going to leave this behind and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you. I'm going to follow you every day, every morning. When I wake up, I'm not going to worry about the stresses of the day first. Right? What I want to do when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to set my heart on you. I'm going to be disciplined with my own heart. I'm going to be disciplined with my own thoughts. I'm going to be disciplined with my own time and my efforts. I'm not going to get consumed by serving this flesh. I'm going to choose to live by your spirit. If you do that, you're not going to stumble. If you do that, you are going to become a stronghold for people. You're going to be that person that people can go to and know that you're enlightened about who Jesus is. You're not going to be ignorant about who Jesus is. And if that's hard for you to hear this morning, good. Take time. Take time. Check your own heart. Ask yourself the questions. Do I want to walk this walk? Is Jesus valuable enough to leave that old behind? The answer is emphatically yes. A million and 55,000 times over and over, yes. But the decision is ours. Oh, but why doesn't God just show up? Pursue. Be diligent. Because the perspective, the renewing of the mind from the old corruption to the new man, you will reap the benefits when you come on the other side. I heard so many people say that, yes, I wish I could, I could know the word like Tasso. Like, well, have you done what Tasso does? Oh, Bash, oh, you're telling me it's not a, a God-given gift? Reading, I don't think so. I think you can, you can learn it, you know? Yes, yeah, I wish I could preach like Didi. Well, have you done what Didi has done? Let's take stock, ladies and gentlemen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We went a bit late this morning. But I hope the message came across. And if you're feeling uncomfortable this morning, you should know is because you have more confidence in the things that the Bible tells you to cut off. Because grace does make you feel good. The gospel is good news. But it's only good news in light of the truth of Jesus Christ and in light of who you are in him. So if you are here this morning and this message struck a chord with you and you are sitting here and you're like, yes, you know what? I've never really committed myself to Jesus. I've never really made a decision that I'm going to follow him, that he's going to be my Lord. He's going to lead me and he's going to direct me. He's going to show me what's good. I've never made that decision. If that's you here this morning, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, just raise your hand. Just slip it up so we can see it. We want to have a chat with you afterwards. We want to help you get on this journey. Amen. If there's anyone else here this morning, and I suppose this, this goes for every single one of us, because every day repentance needs to take place. So right now in your heart, commit. Make the decision. And if you're in a position where you're feeling uncomfortable and you're feeling the resistance and you can't, make the decision to work through it. To come onto the other side and to see the value that Jesus has promised you. If you need help, you can come and talk to us. We'll, we'll help you along the way. But understand and feel the weight that this is entirely on your own accountability. 
God has done everything. Everything is done. The kingdom is inside of you. But let's be diligent in working that kingdom. Let's get the best benefit out of it. By leaving behind the old and going towards the new. So Father, I thank you for every person this morning that heard this word, Lord. I thank you so much that you love every single one of us so dearly, Father. Thank you so much that you sent Jesus. That you made a way for us where we could make no way, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are one with us through the blood of Jesus. Thank you that every day you are our helper, our counselor, our comforter. Thank you, Lord, that our inheritance in Christ is so much greater than anything we've ever been taught in the world, Father. Help us this day, Lord, and every day forward, lead us and guide us. We want to become good disciples of Jesus. We want to be known for knowing Jesus. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a praise.